as great as Christmas is, you do realize that it's one of the most controversial times of the year. So I'm preaching on the controversy of Christmas. How can Christmas cause people to get to a place that they battle something that is so good and so right? Why is there so many questions around it? Well, let's just read. Luke chapter one and verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God under the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Now let me stop. To a virgin that was espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, fear not Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She's confirming that she's a virgin. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Notice the next phrase. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Why did I mention the controversy that exists? Why is there so much controversy at Christmas and about Christmas? Well, you have to go back in time to understand that the controversy before Christmas really started in the heavenlies. When Lucifer was cast out of heaven and those that followed him, he lost his place of honor and authority and was cast down to become the prince of this earth and the prince of darkness. When Jesus came, the Bible's very plain in the New Testament why he came. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Maybe I better back up over that again. He came to destroy the works of the devil. For this reason, this cause, Jesus was born. Scripture's clear on that. So when he came to destroy the works of the devil, the devil knew that. So there was a collision between the prince of light and the prince of darkness when Jesus came to this earth to begin with from the very moment of his birth. And really, if that did not happen, we would all be without hope. If he was not of a virgin, born of a virgin, 
then I think we could say the Bible's not accurate. Our faith is unfounded. Our worship is misdirected. But thank God he was born of a virgin conceived by the Holy Ghost as scriptures declared it. Now I've got a simple question. If you were asked to scripturally prove the virgin birth, could you do it? Could you do it? You're very wise for not saying amen or I might have brought you a microphone. See, we just say things and repeat things, but do you know this is the most controversial, among one of the most controversial doctrines in all of scripture, the virgin birth of Christ. So how do we prove scripturally that Jesus was born of a virgin? I hope to give you three things. If I only get through one, I get through one. We'll go from there. First of all, I think that we can prove it because of the record of his prophecy and prophets. Prophets declared it. Not only do we have it declared in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel, which I read to you today, but also John confirmed it, that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, but we have it confirmed in the Old Testament of all. Uh, also, there's some that you're very familiar with. For example, turn back to Isaiah chapter seven and verse 14. I know that you're very well acquainted with this particular passage. Isaiah, right in the middle of your Bible, remember while you're turning there, this was recorded depending on, on uh, which chronology you follow, somewhere between 700 and 750 years before Jesus was born. In Isaiah chapter chapter seven and verse 14, the Bible says, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel or God with us, which was confirmed by John again when he wrote from the heavenly aspect of the birth of Christ for the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So we beheld his glory as of the glory of the only begotten of the father. See, if we cannot accept this fundamental truth, then our whole premise of the other doctrines that we have seem to fall away in light of our unbelief. So you don't have anything to stand on because Jesus is not who the Bible says that he is if he wasn't born of a virgin. You say, well, that's great, preacher. You've got one verse. Oh, no, I've got more than one. I'm gonna read you a verse that I don't know. Let's, let's turn to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 22. Again, great controversy surrounds this book. There's a lot of people that do not believe that it relates to the birth of Christ. You see, the devil always has a way of excusing, excusing people that don't want to follow what the word of God says. So here in, I, in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 22, he's dealing with Israel that is backsliding over and over again. They were meant to be the espoused virgin to the Lord. They were to have a relationship with the Lord where he has committed himself to them, just like Mary and Joseph. But Israel continues to, continues to backslide. They continue to turn away from God. When you get to verse 22, he asks the question, how long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? 
For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. Stop right there. A new thing means it's something in the earth that has never been before. There is something coming after Jeremiah that the Lord created, that the Lord's responsible for, that it's never happened before. Well, what is it? A woman shall compass a man. Two things. How many of you have ever heard that preached on? Good, we'll learn something today. Second of all, how many of you are confused when I read that to you? A woman, what a phrase. A woman shall compass a man. The word compass or compass, if you want to say that, it means basically the same thing, go around. When you read the armies in the Bible that came up against one another, when they would compass them, they would go around. They would go around them to come in from a different angle or a different point. He said, the Lord's going to do this new thing and a woman shall go around a man. In other words, a woman shall have a baby without an earthly father. When did that happen? One time, was it a new thing? Absolutely, people have declared it, but it couldn't be proven. There's only one accurately documented virgin birth, and that's the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he came, the Lord said, I'll go around, man. I need a sinless savior. I need somebody that doesn't have the sinful nature inside of him. And if it was an earthly father, we're conceived in our sins and in our iniquities. But thank God for the virgin birth that the Holy Ghost overshadowed a virgin and Jesus was born of that virgin without sin. He knew no sin and it took the virgin birth to do that. So the record of his word, not only the record of his word, but look at the reaction of his people, of the people or the peers of his day. Do you, do you realize when something happens and it's wrong, there is an automatic reaction to that. Well, if you allow me just to point out two or three very quickly, let's look first at Mary's reaction. We have a reaction here. We have a reaction also in Matthew's account of what Mary said and Mary did. You do know she is now a spouse to Joseph, which is as binding as marriage itself. And the Jewish law, even though they didn't enforce all of the laws, the law was standing, she knew the law of Moses. And once that she was espoused as a wife to Joseph, and the scripture makes it plain in the New Testament, they were regarded as husband and wife, even though that they are betrothed one to the other. So here they are now regarded as being married. The angel referred to him as the husband and also she is the wife. They have not come to that period of time under Jewish custom where the, they, they have finally come together for the announcement, but once they're espoused, you have the same binding contract as marriage and marriage forbid under the law, was forbidden under the law for a person to have physical relationships 
with another person. You were then committed to that individual to be pure to that individual. Now, if a woman was to have a physical relationship, commit fornication, during the espousal period, under the law, she would have been guilty, proven guilty, and the process was simple. Uh, if they found out, the, the espoused husband was to bring her before the high priest. The high priest had a way of examination and realized she was not a virgin, realized that she had cheated, that she had been unfaithful, and she could be stoned to death. And the espoused husband could be the first to cast the stone. Boy, it's quiet now. So that was the law. She knew the law. She knew the custom of the law. Now, if you knew that and you were guilty of something like that, then the first thing you'd do is run and hide and be full of shame. But you read the account of Mary this week. There was no remorse. There was no regret. Instead of running and hiding, she runs to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is now expecting a child. Do you know who Elizabeth is? She's married to the priest that would have examined her. And when she went, instead of being full of fear, she said she, she accepted it all and believed according to his word. And she said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Instead of being afraid, she's happy. Because she's been chosen. She knows that she is totally innocent, that she has remained faithful to Joseph. This is a miracle from God and she recognizes that. Don't miss the miracle of the virgin birth at Christmas. Joseph had the right to stone her, to put him away. He, he privately put her away. He didn't choose that, why? He knew she was innocent. And then, what about, what about Jesus coming into the temple when he was eight years old after he was born? You remember what happened? They brought him, Simeon was there in the temple and he had the promise of God that he wouldn't die until he saw the salvation of God and now he sees the Lord Jesus Christ, the child that's been born of a virgin, and he says, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Where was Simeon at when that happened? The temple. Oh, you're not getting this yet. Let me refresh your memory. According to Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse two, if a baby was born illegitimately, if it was an illegitimate child, then that child could not ever in its lifetime enter the temple. Unto the 10th generation, 10 generations were not allowed to enter into the temple if that child was born illegitimate. He couldn't go into the temple. But where was he at on the eighth day? In the temple. Where did Jesus teach? In the temple. 
Where did he go? In the synagogue. As a grown man, they would have forbid him from entering into the, he would have been forbidden by law. There would have been no question about it. What are you saying? I'm saying that even the priests and the religious leaders recognized it. Then how can you call yourself a preacher today and not believe in the virgin birth? If his enemies even believed that he was born of a virgin, Can I ask you this? When they started accusing Jesus and charging Jesus of different things that he had done wrong, why didn't they one time say he has lied because he said that he was born of a virgin? Not one time did they question his virgin birth, all of it, read the scribes, the Pharisees. Now they questioned his claims that he was God because they didn't understand why the virgin had conceived that God would be manifest in the flesh. But they never questioned the fact that he was virgin born. Boy, we've come a long way the wrong way in 2,000 years. And can I ask you something else? If he wasn't virgin born, Mary declared it, but she was excited about the fact but bear in mind, his mother Mary was with him all the way to the end of his life. When they falsely accused him, they spit upon him. They strip him of his garments, his clothes. They beat his body, beat his back. The same baby that was born of a virgin is now a grown man dying for the sins of the world. They laid stripes across his back until his back looked like it was a plowed field. The blood oozed out of his body. Seven places, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Seven places that we know of Jesus shed blood. Both feet, both hands his back, a crown of thorns on his head and a spear into his heart. Forthwith came the water and the blood. Blood has now come down his face and his eyes are swollen and he's so disfigured that never a man looked like he looked. He was so disfigured. He was beyond recognition. His own mother could barely recognize him. Why didn't she speak up and say, it's all a lie? She could have stopped it in a moment of time. All she had to do is say to the religious leaders, it's a lie, stop the punishment. But she could not say it was a lie because it was not a lie. It was more than the angel that visited her. The Holy Ghost overshadowed her. And because of that, Jesus was born of a virgin. The reaction. And then I have to also say, we know it not only because of the record of the prophets and prophecy, and we not only know it because of the reaction of the people of that time, but also we know it because of the redemption of the purchased ones. If he had not been born of a virgin,
several things would have happened. Number one, if he would not have been born of a virgin, then he would not have been God. And had he not been God, he would not have been the savior of the world. For Jesus has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He won the victory. He won the victory for you and I. It started in Bethlehem, but he went through the entire plan. It ended with the resurrection of Christ from the dead. But yet through that time, he was coming for one reason. His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. And the truth of the matter is, the reason that we know that he was virgin born is the sinless son of God, is the one that redeemed us from our sin and has given us forgiveness over our sin and power and victory and might. He is the one we cry out to, to say with God, all things are possible. There's nothing impossible for God. We know it because we claim the fact that we are redeemed. He was born of a virgin. He was God manifest in the flesh. He has all power in heaven and in earth. So what's that bring us around to? Luke 1.37. For with God, nothing. <laughs> For with God, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. So I say let the critics be silenced. A miracle was born in Bethlehem and there's nothing too hard for God. What is it in your life that says it's impossible? It's impossible for you. It's impossible for me, but it's not impossible for God. Yeah. 